Good evening, listeners. This is Triple B Socials, and it is episode eight. Welcome to our very special guest this week, uh, Ryan. Good evening, Ryan. How are you, mate? Fantastic, Bill. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, my pleasure, mate. It's always my pleasure. I must have. I must admit, mate, it's very hard to find anything about you on on that Google machine. What's going on there, brother? <laughs> When you move around the world, I like to be a bit incognito. A bit incognito, okay. <laughs> now, Ryan, uh, you own and manage Velotherapy uh, uh, in Seafood, a local bicycle shop. How long have you been uh, running that shop, mate? Uh, well, the uh, the desire started just pre-COVID, uh, but then we opened it up just sort of near, near the end of the first year in, in COVID, which was uh, not ideal time. But, not ideal, uh, but, yeah. you, but you're through. You've gotten through it. Yeah. Battling. Yeah. I know you're battling, yeah. It's, yeah. Um, it's like pushing a push and poo uphill for three years, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's been good. Uh, good. Awesome, mate. Awesome. Um, explain a little bit of, of the shop, please, and what, what you provide uh, to, to the local community. Uh, really, we're um, the main. The main focus is just providing a really good, open, safe spot for people to come in and, and shop around for bikes, and uh, and just providing a really ethical service. Um, I come from a service background, so for me, it was just it was a void, and I just yeah, fixing stuff and just helping people get out on two wheels. And I, I think anytime you're out, you're out on uh, you're out on a bike, it's uh, it's fantastic, and hence hence the name. It's we're sort of there for people's therapy, bike therapy, mental therapy. Yeah. It's good for your head, good for your heart. Um, so, you know, whenever I've had troubles, it's, uh, going out for a bike ride or being with mates and socially, it's, it's always helped me get through. So, um, I thought, I definitely feel that area was lacking. So we wanted to provide that. Awesome. And I noticed, well, obviously I'm a keen visitor of your shop. Um, I noticed there's also a cafe in there as well for, for cyclists and, and, and the general public as well. Yeah. So that was sort of the idea on the business. We, we didn't want to be a traditional bike shop. That was really important to us, um, and my business partner uh, is part owner in a roasting house. Um, oh, okay. I actually don't drink coffee. I'm one of the few cyclists that don't. <laughs> um, I'm a big avid tea drinker, so you really want a good tea down there. Uh, and yeah, so so we we put that into in, into the shop, and then we we actually have it run by a, a third party uh, at the moment. But yeah, the yeah. the idea is to just make this again nice, safe, comfortable spot for people okay. to come down. Okay. So, what sort of bikes and service is provided there? Like what? High end bikes or middle end bikes? What sort of what, what sort of yeah, what bit, sort of service? We we service anything, anything, yeah. al- almost anything. Some of these some custom e bikes from China are really challenging. We can't get parts for them. Illegal. We have liability, so we we try and avoid some of that. But uh, we do anything from hard rubbish bike, trying to help a kid or a mum, um, yeah. all the way up to twenty four thousand dollar custom built, custom built bikes. Yeah. But the 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 focus initially was a bit more of that that performance. Um, I don't like saying higher end. We just, just quality, high value service. Uh, during COVID, we've we, we do sell all bikes um, just because we could only had to sell what we could get. You've got to make a dollar day. Uh, yeah. So so as stocks becoming you know plentiful again, uh, we will be streamlining the, the the offerings back to more of that higher value performance uh, type products. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. Let's go back a bit. Um, obviously, listeners can notice a, a slight accent. Originally from Canada. What part of Canada, buddy? Uh, Vancouver. Okay. So how does Vancouver compare to Melbourne? <laughs> Colder, wetter. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Okay, yeah. I, I do. Um, I, I do laugh at the Melbourne winters. I also whinge. Uh, so <laughs> it's. But there's there's Vancouver is one of the most beautiful places in the world. I've been yeah. lucky to travel out of the world, and uh, you know, for 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 three to four months of the year, there's not many places that that are better. Yeah. Um, but um, I. Melbourne is just that little bit warmer. Um, I'm not a mountain guy, so as much as Melbourne's not doesn't really consider itself an ocean city, uh, I'm a big, big paddler. Uh, and the bay is absolutely fantastic. Yep, you, um, yep. And the colors, the the culture, uh, the cost of living, everything here. So I, I definitely prefer. It's, prefer Melbourne. It, it's home. It's home for me. Really, it is home now for you. Yeah, yeah. we'll get back to, into that shortly. Um, 
What sport did you play as a kid in Vancouver, Canada? <laughs> yeah, again, I was, I was a really bad Canadian. I'm one of the I'm one of the ten that don't know how to skate. <laughs> um, and I'm good at riding bikes or paddling because I have no hand eye coordination. So um, for me, I to be honest, well, I didn't do sports growing up. I did did a bit of baseball, yeah. which is I don't know it's better or worse, cricket or, or, or baseball. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're not very sure good. They're both long in the days. Yeah. Um, uh, so I actually, yeah, I didn't do any sport. I didn't learn to swim till my early 20s. I didn't even take PE, physical education, in senior school. So uh, I, I didn't really get into athletics until my early 20s. So which leads me to my next little question. So if you didn't play sport as a kid growing up, what did you do as a kid growing up? Can we say that on, on, on radio, <laughs> community radio? Yeah, absolutely. I am... I started building my first car when I was 12. So by the oh, time really? I, yeah, by the time I was 16, I, I had a few. Um, I probably, yeah. Um, by the time I was 20, I yeah, probably built quite a few okay. hot rods that a lot of um, gentlemen would, would probably drool over. As um, I'd go to car shows and things like that, and it would be two, three times my age, and I'd rock up on a with a you know pretty pretty macho muscle car from, muscle from car, that. Yeah. And then just, yeah, so I was a pretty quiet kid, to be honest. I was clearly quite shy, um, kind of kept to myself. Um, yeah, so most people that know me now, I don't have heaps of school, uh, of high school friends I keep in touch with. There's um, actually just one visit just this last weekend. But um, I, yeah, most people wouldn't see that I was quiet and shy, yeah. but that was, that was pretty much <laughs> me. It changed, it changed my early 20s um, yep. when I got into sport, actually. Okay, yeah. So that, yeah. Was, that was a catalyst uh, to confidence in life and, and just adventure, and that's pretty much defined everything since. So I guess by that response, uh, my, next question, my next question was when and what got you into, interested in cycling and when did you get serious about cycling? So I'm assuming early 20s? Yeah, so it, it's, it started um, as I was building cars. Um, the long winter, I'd, I just started riding a bike to work because I'd have, you know, my, my show car or my whatever in pieces and you work on cars all day long as a mechanic and you fix your own I just, I just couldn't be bothered. And, and then started riding a bike and I'm like, this is pretty cool. And then started mountain biking with friends. And there's a point where I don't think there was a, a section of my leg that wasn't covered in a bruise or blood or scratch <laughs> and no coordination. Uh, and then it just kept going. And then um, I got into other sports and then cycling just sort of, uh, I don't consider myself a competitive cyclist. No. It depends on who, who I compare myself against to. And, you know, my, one of my neighbors is Steel Van Hoff, you know, Commonwealth gold medalist. So okay. I don't consider myself competitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I'd probably say early 20s, I started, started yep. getting into, into the sport and finding my, uh, finding my mojo there. Cool. And uh, I did read somewhere that you said you competed in Ironmans, correct? Yeah, so... Um, I, I, <laughs> Uh, when I started to learn, not learn, when I started cycling, but I met, uh, I figured, oh, I should, I did a duathlon. Um, and I'm, I'm sometimes I'm short on detail. So I didn't realize that a duathlon was a run bike run. It's, it's kind of like a triathlon with a stutter yeah. and I'm not a big fan <laughs> of running. So to run, get on the bike, I'm like, cool. And then I got off the bike. I'm like, oh, I got to run again. So I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. Um, so then I said, oh, there's this triathlon thing, but I don't know how to swim. So my very first one was a 400 meter swim. I was dead last. And I was going to drown. So I took adult learn to swim lessons. And one of the guys uh, who swims in the Masters, UBC Masters, was doing Ironman. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty good. So a year later, I was on the start line, learned how to swim. And then a year later, I was sitting on the start line for Ironman Canada. Um, wow. And um, so, yeah, I had to learn how to run, uh, which, again, not my biggest feat. Uh, learn how to swim. And ride, yeah. So it was, a, it was a good twelve months. So, have you competed in many Ironmans? I think I've done two, three, four. Yeah. Okay. But the, I've probably done more Ironmans than any triathlons together. Oh, okay. Cool. And how tough are they, mate? To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, I chronically undertrain, so I'm never super fatigued going in. Um, and for me, my mindset's always pretty positive. So. The first three, I, I yeah, I've blank, blanked out at the finish. So I've got a pretty good ability to mind over body, like push myself well past probably what it thinks it wants yeah. to do because I'm can. i pretty good at shutting off. But then when it does shut off, it kind of shuts down. It's a reboot for a bit of time. So, But um, I did Ironman cans last year, trying in the middle of starting the business and all the stress and work. And, and, I was, and, and I thought I was training really hard, but I was, I was absolutely gutted uh, on my time. And, you know, while the time was, say, okay, considering the average, um, I know that I, I could have done a lot better. And I was really angry. I was really disappointed. And I just knew that mentally I wasn't there. So I did, I, I did the, half, the half Ironman in November and 
completely like just no training, just relaxed and the mindset onto it. This is the most fun I've had an event probably in my life. And there was no fatigue. I was, yeah, cause you know, cool. it was just, it was super chilled out and, you know, just off the podium and, and totally didn't expect that. Just so, so I think Ironman or triathlon, any of those things is um, endurance sport or mid endurance sports or it's, it, it is mental. Yeah, and and mate, I, yeah. I, I think that's big. Ex- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I read that you're, you're interested in outrigger canoes. Can you explain that to the listeners, please? Yeah, so... <laughs> and where did it come from? Um, so when I was a mechanic, uh, the parts girl was really cute, and uh, she did something <laughs> called dragon boating. I was like, oh, I'm looking for, you know, I was just getting new and finding new sports. And uh, Anyway, so I got sucked into dragon boating, which is a really big thing in Vancouver. So it's one oh, okay. of the largest dragon boating communities globally. Um, and the problem is there's 22 people in, in one small little boat. 22 uh, yeah and um yeah i, I kind of go my own way a little bit so i saw these people sitting in single hawaiian outrigger canoes paddling around going faster so i was like oh that kind of looks like the same thing so i got into that and i just fell in love with it so my first well my first business like legitimate business was a multi-sport store selling okay. triathlon gear and outrigger gear and paddling gear because both those things when i got into the sport i found it's really hard to find a product so so i decided i was going to create a uh create a store called out to try sports and that was in canada yeah vancouver? Was Van- that was vancouver so um i quickly realized that the winter's really long uh, <laughs> so i ended up back being a mechanic uh for the winter and i and then i did that for a year and a half and i figured ah, you know i could do this better so i i really just focused on outrigger um and i love the sport i love um so yeah, i just started training and getting involved into it and then for nine years, it was my own yeah. business. So, so I, I used to travel around the world doing it. And oh, awesome! You, you you mentioned the winters were long in Vancouver. So, what sort of period of time we're we talking about? Long length of time. Oh. Yeah, we, we say here, you know, three months is winter, but yeah. really it's probably a little bit longer. But so in Vancouver, yeah. So um, September, October is pretty good, uh, but it's <laughs> rain starts coming. But the the rain sort of sets in in November. Um, and then you get a couple nice weeks in February or week, nice week in February. March is rubbish. May you're like, oh, you're starting to get motivated because you're starting to see the sun and it's warm. And then they have what's called January where it's like, holy <laughs> hell, is it June, January again, freezing cold. Uh, so really I think the dreariness and the coldness is about six months long. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's long. And sort of what sort of length of time in other days, you know, like the sunlight? It's roughly know, a little bit longer and or shorter depending on the season than here, like yeah. oh, about, okay. about half an hour. So, so Melbourne has you know from September to December, Melbourne can kind of have it's kind of the same season. It can yeah. be eighteen to twenty two, yeah. but the difference is Vancouver's got ma- real mountains, so the wind sits in, the moisture sets in, and just hangs around. Melbourne, the wind is it's. I'm still not used to the constant wind. It blows the weather off. So there's yeah. 10 days a year in Melbourne, you don't see the sun. And just that big round thing in the sky is pretty much uh, the soul-destroying part of what you miss in Vancouver. Okay. In the midst of all its beauty, it's dark. All right, so when did you come to Australia and why? 2013, um, and I'd, uh, I'd sold my my uh, business in 2012, 2011, uh, just trying to decide on what I was going to do in, in, in my life. And, um, and so I went back to being a mechanic for a company I worked for by, for 10 years previously. And my, my manager was like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just sold my business. Um, so they brought me back on is to manage and restructure Western Canada. And then about a, after a year and a half with really good results, they're like, Hey, Southern Australia has been struggling. We, you know, can you go help restructure the service department and set up a service or you know, restructure the service system down there? Uh, and you know, my, my wife at the time spent two years doing uh, part of a education degree and living in Sydney. Um, she's a bit younger than I was. And for me, it was, it was a bit of a reset, to be honest, Bill. Was, um, you know, I still felt stuck to Vancouver with the old business and and Ryan, hey, you know, you're racing, you're on the water, mm. and, and it wasn't cycling, but it's still that sport and that culture. And and the ability to move to Australia was um, uh, was just a bit of a reset, to be totally honest. Okay. It was, it was um, yeah, I think mentally for that, and and a good opportunity. And um, so then, yeah, so I moved down. Uh, super easy. So. so you knew no one when you moved in down to Australia. No, not no, a soul, not a soul. No. So where did you first move to? Yeah, we were put up in St. Kilda because apparently that's the place to go to. Um, <laughs> and, okay. Uh, yeah, so on, on top of the Aldi on Increment Street. Um, okay. 
and yeah, as you know, Sunday mornings, you know, people walking around, it would have been great. Maybe if I was 20 years younger, but, um, so yeah, we're there for what, six weeks. Uh, and my wife's full-time job was finding a place for us to live. And, um, we knew where my office was. So we just looked at a map. We didn't know Frankston. We didn't know anywhere. Uh, and we basically just went, wanted to be within near the beach and within the budget. Okay. So she and my wife ended up in, in, in Seaford and, um, we're not in the same house now. We moved a year after we bought that one, but we're just, yeah, just off the beach in Seaford and, um, feel pretty, Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So that's, that's why you moved to Seaford, because of the beach and the bay, et cetera. Yeah? Yeah, just, yeah, uh, absolutely. I think for for our lifestyle now, it, it it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, we're pretty, pretty lucky. It's pretty amazing. Couldn't, couldn't get this back home. Uh, no. So um, you moved here for your work. So what else did you do when you first arrived here in um, in, uh, in Melbourne? Um, just explore. Like, obviously, just settled in. So my territory was WA, SA, Tasmania, Victoria. Okay. 40 technicians working under me. So I got to travel a fair bit to understand the territory, understand that. So the f- biggest thing for me was just, you know, jump on the bike and travel around uh, in Melbourne, getting lost with with, with Christine. Um, and then when I traveled, um, she had nowhere else to be. So for the first, you know, first few months, quite a few months, um, when I'd go to different parts of the, of the state, she came with me quite oftenly. Yep. So, you know, it's, I'm pretty good about when, when I travel for work about, you know, I've done the travel where it's airport, hotel, office, airport. And I can't do that. Yeah. So, so whenever I travel, I'd, I'd try and stay in a different part of each city. I'd fly out on a weekend day, uh, so I could travel more. So that was probably the biggest thing. So I've seen more of Australia than, than, than Canada. Uh, okay. I've spent, I've seen a great deal of the U S. Um, and I've probably, again, I've probably seen more of Australia than a lot of Australians. So I can see myself Possibly, really, yeah. re- really lucky. Yeah, no, absolutely. To, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about your shop, mate. Um, I hear you, you do shop rides from the shop. Can you explain to the listeners what, what's involved in a shop ride, please, mate? Uh, it's, it's just finding a spot for community for people to come out and uh, meet other like-minded people for a ride, challenge themselves. Um, either we've got a couple different ones, so ones that are people that are, uh, they're all a bit, they all can be a bit spicy. So it's, it's not, they're not really set up for your beginner. So nah. most people have a bit experienced. Um, and so, yeah, so we've got a few. So we've got um, people like you know, when there's a group of people and you're a little bit tired, you kind of get to challenge yourself a little bit. So we ride off and um, we can regroup if it's a bit faster for others. And so it's just a really good uh, team motivating thing for the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a couple spicy ones that happen uh, on, on Thursday mornings where sometimes I don't make it back with the group. Let my <laughs> legs ripped off by the race crew. Uh, and then, yeah, some gravel rides. And, and the, the biggest thing is just, you know, having a spot for people to be comfortable to try and see new places yeah. so so we haven't done as many as we like and part of the shop was was trying to do a bit more tours and a bit more i don't want to say tours but but just a bit more hey here's a group and we're going to explore like east gippsland is amazing right yes exactly you yeah. know but no one really goes there and and the gravel around around even the peninsula or not that far like, like i was lucky enough to ride yesterday to heelsville king lake um you know all around there for you know just 130k and and so I'm like, man, this is this is amazing. I've yeah. been out here in years and coming to beautiful forests, uh, you know, through Healesville and so so I, I, so it's just trying to open open opportunity for people. It's always been a big thing for me, whether it be running running coaching clinics in Hawaii or or wherever here. It's just yeah, just be, being a being an outdoor opener for people. It's the beauty of it about cycling. You, know, you get to travel a fair bit and and, and absorb all the, the beauty around you. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, it's it can be costly, but yeah, the other thing is, you, like you, you get to to view beautiful sights. Yeah. Exactly, and as a car, you don't really see it. Walking's too slow. Bang, yeah, you yeah, know, exactly. but but you know, on a bike, you can you can travel. You can really see a lot of great spots, and so and, and yeah, the the Victorian Rail Networks are amazing. We yeah. What we take our kids out on and see, it's just there is a, some decent infrastructure there, and and I think it's done fairly well. Fairly well, exactly. Yes. Now let's discuss some of your cycling events that you've competed in, Ryan. If you don't mind, please. Hmm. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing really of any great, great rewards. You know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of just Grand Fondo events yep. that, that you see around here, like Amy Grand Fondo and the Great Altway Classic. Yeah. And just basically that's just kind of it. I've, like I say, I don't consider myself, um, 
competitive. Like when it's I can, fun events. Yeah. Like it's some people think I'm competitive, but you know, I've competed against Olympians, you know, and, and, in paddling and I'm not at that level on a bike. So, so I think, I think, um, I consider myself recreationally competitive. So doubt of that, I've, I've done some really good, cool events, grand fondos in Italy and France. Okay. Obviously lovely. some Ironmans in different spots around the world. Um, for me, sport is, uh, it's, I love traveling. So, I like to pick an event when I travel. Beautiful. And it's the reason I go, ah, let's go there. That's how I ended up in Brazil, you know, randomly. And then I just didn't leave for a while. So Awesome. Um, anything else? Any other events that you've competed in? Anything else that you, you'd like to take put, put your hand into? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would love to do more adventure racing. Um, the last adventure I said with, with my wife and is a 12 stage race in, in, in Jindabyne. And we ended up winning the team of four passing an infant around out of stages to stages. So, it was, so it was a, you know, she's, she's an amazing teammate of mine. So I'd love to do more things with her. I think that's, yep. I enjoy it. Um, and I think there's, there's a big connection there cause she's an absolute gun swimmer and I suck at swimming. So <laughs> I'm really fast on the water, not so fast in it. Um, so yeah. And, and again, I've been lucky enough to paddle around and race between most Hawaiian islands. I've raced in, 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 Asia, uh, also up and down the coast of California, Europe. So these are paddling events. What, what do they involve? So like? mainly outrigger, uh, mainly outrigger Outrig- canoeing. Outrig- yeah, canoeing. So that's again, it. I've done yeah. some surf ski. Um, Australian surf ski paddlers, or I guess they call them ocean skis here when they're out yep. in the bay and surf ski if it's for the life saving club. So I had to learn the language. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I've done that and I've enjoyed that. I was, oh, I was, awesome. Yeah, I was pretty good for a Canadian for for a howley with uh, <laughs> you know when, when the waves come in. Um, so yeah. So, so is any. Is there any standout event that you, that you really like? Oh, it's so different. Like, it, yeah, it's I, hard. You, you know, there's there's a few things. And what's your favorite? This and I'm really bad at saying favorites yeah. because uh, one, maybe my memory's not that good. But <laughs> I, I I think maybe it's just because I'm just so lucky in my life that um, I get to, so many things are awesome. But I, I remember the, a race from Maui to Molokai, and it was a nuke and wind, and um, it was just it was just giggly fun the whole time. Like just jumping on these massive waves and dodging whales and, wow. you know, just surfing and just coming in. And that was, that was pretty epic. I've had equivalent races where it's like waves the size of two story houses. And I'm like, I'm going to die. You know, those ones are memorable and they're, they're level two fun at the time. It's, it's pretty scary, but when you get through, you're like, Oh wow, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, the, um, yeah, to be honest, I don't know if I have a ton of cycling events that are mind blowing, nah. except for some of the ones in France and Italy, just the scenery of what you get to, you get to do on some of these events and, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. going just before the tour or after the yeah. Giro and being yeah. part of that and the, the crowd and the feelings. Yeah. But I think maybe that's just more more of the fact that I don't live there, so it's more of a holiday. But but, yeah, exactly, but I think yeah. I, I think to be honest, this this last seventy point three I did, um, and I ran in Melbourne just last year. I'd have to say that was probably one of the happiest, most enjoyable events I did because I just I took my bike computer off, I took my watch off, and I just I had zero expectations. My kids were there, and I think lately that's that's really funny. You see them trying to run beside you because my seven year old is old enough now to. You don't sprint me, the little guy. <laughs> um, it's just, I just, it was, I, I, I just kind of blown away on how, without any expectations, one, how well the body can perform when, when you just don't think about you it. Don't think about it exactly. Yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, so so I think that was it because I felt good. I was no injury. There was no stress of loss loss of life leading up to it. I, I didn't sacrifice my family like I had to try and do the yeah. other one or sacrifice the business. So. But like you said, yeah, you turn turn your bike computer off, turn your watch off. But that's that's a bloody good thing to do because, like, I know I, with all this Strava stuff that you have these days, and people trying to compete against each other, you know, on in social media, etc. It just does my head in a little bit. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm not good at it. But you know, you, you have your Strava on, you have your your bike computers on. I like to at least once a once a month just turn everything off and just go for a ride. Yeah, absolutely. I do find something. I every once in a while I lose my phone. And then there's this moment of panic and I'm like, cool, I'm out. Uh, I'm pretty good at about turning off, uh, you know, when the phone rings. And I think in my life, I've realized that if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, the wheels and the cogs still turn. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I try and keep it, keep that real uh, as much as I can. All right, let's just go to an ad break. Uh, you're listening to Triple B Socials. If you're the caraway, just call Mitchell Tall. Or in Patterson Lakes. Just call Mitchell Tall. Anywhere Bayside, just call Mitchell Tall. Buy a summer house, 
Just call Mitchell Tall. Mitchell Tall. Real estate. Oh, yeah. A little real estate. We want more. I've done it one take. Welcome back to Triple B Socials with our very special guest, Ryan. Ryan, a little bit about you and your family now, if you don't mind, mate. Uh, so you're married? I am. Where did you meet your lovely wife? Uh, I met her at a paddling race, actually. <laughs> That's paddles, eh? That's it. Yeah, it's uh, it yeah, it interesting. She wasn't a paddler and um, she was uh, – I, I knew everyone. And, and uh, I looked over and there's this be- beautiful girl just sitting there and kind of by herself. I'm like, oh, I'm just tired of talking paddle talks or hanging with people on bikes. I always want to talk about bikes and groups and tires. Yeah. So it's just, I just went over and just started chatting Chant with her for no, no other reason than just to have a conversation. And then um, she stalked me for about a week. <laughs> you sure she stalked you? Or uh, you, you stalk know what? She'll even, she'll even admit it. Uh, <laughs> I, I did drop some clues along, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no. It was, it was a, All right, I'm going to test you. Mate, now can you remember how long you've been married for? I can. So you can. Yeah, Good. So we 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 met on. I can, I can even do better. We met on July seventh, two thousand nine. Oh, mate, you're embarrassing me. Cut it out. Cut it out. Well, I shouldn't say it, but it's it's, it's my four digit pin, so I never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the uh, two thousand nine. So married married two thousand eleven. So I'm a quick math. So yeah. So we've been been together for. Well, year we in 2023, so yeah, so 11 and a half years, yeah. Beautiful, lovely. So, and you have kids? Yeah, two, little, two little humans. Age? Uh, four, well, Ryder's just about five, and Liam is seven and a half. Okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, what's, what school do they go to? Locally around here, obviously, yeah? Yeah, so they go to Halebury. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, just because that's where my wife works. So oh, oh, makes it easy. Staff discount. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> does help. Oh, yes, it does. You own a bike shop, you don't go there. No. <laughs> what about you? What about yourself? What school and college did you attend? Uh, I was a tradie. So, tradie? Yeah, yeah. so I, I had scholarships and, and, and I was actually paid to go to school. I was pretty lucky. Oh, nice. um, yeah, so I had scholarships and, and awards. I was, I was one, of the, one of the top rated mechanics in, in, oh, in, in Canada at a young age, um, hence building car at 12. <laughs> my, my, my dad's a mechanic and so I think it's just in the genes a little bit for me yeah. so yeah bikes are easy <laughs> uh, yeah so I went to BCIT um, for about uh, oh, well, I guess it was an apprenticeship so um, yeah not very long oh, other okay. than that yeah. part of the apprenticeship well, stuff and then the apprenticeships are similar over there than they are here yeah, four I, years yeah so three and a half three, I, yeah. I, was, I, I had a, a Honda apprenticeship program in, compar- in, in conjunction with another one so I doubled the schooling okay um, just and then I went back to get another degree so I've, I've got a few degrees in, in, in trade so I've got automotive plus a heavy duty plus a commercial certificate very and good and then I went but since I'm here I went and started getting an, uh, my master's okay uh, and then I started my own business again, and I figured uh, I can't be fussed to get a master's. I'm just uh, my only guy. You know, so, so from cars down to bikes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy it. Customers are better. It's cleaner. Are, are they really? Yeah, you know, to to be honest, it is. The expectation for for bike mechanics is so low that it is amazingly easy if you just do the right thing and be yeah. honest and just think about work, uh, what you're doing. It's they're fairly simple pieces of equipment with some nuances. Um, and people are just happy to be treated well. So yeah. I, in all my businesses that I've run, whether it's equipment business, um, I've never, I always consider customers easy. I've never had any problems. Like I probably count on one hand Look, across at, 15 years. How many times I've had a conflict with a customer? At the end of the day, you treat them like you, you like to be treated yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, I'm appreciative. Every time somebody comes into my, my store or bought a paddle for me back in the day or bought a boat or whatever it was, um, I think they're putting food on my table. And, exactly and, right. and so I, I think that's missing. One thing here is customer service is not ideal in a lot of ways here. Yeah. That, that's one thing I, I still struggle with sometimes, but so you, you just have good customer service and just respectful, honest communication with, with people and you're, it's great. I've noticed it more so here in Melbourne, to be quite, especially like in in the hospitality industry. I've noticed uh, the 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 waiters or, or, or staff aren't as friendly as as they are like interstate. Like we've been interstate a like, mm. few times lately, and 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 the service that you get interstate is just far superior than what we're getting here at the moment. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But, I have no idea what it is. You know, I'd, I'd say that I definitely say that too. I think WA is actually pretty good, um, and WA is fifty percent, you know, non, non-Australian. Yeah. Um, 
But 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 it, it is interesting when you do go somewhere and you have great customer service. We were out the other day for a restaurant at, at Tommy Ruff's and the waitress was what I would consider above and beyond. And mm. I was I was absolutely floored and it she, she was great um and and it's amazing how much it changed the 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 attitude of the meal yep. especially with kids a lot of people see kids and like oh messy little humans um and uh instead she brought jugs that gurgled well that was 20 minutes of entertainment because yeah. of a gurgling water jug you know so so i so I was, I was really appreciative of that and and maybe it's the there's no tip culture here too so people <laughs> have to you know you get you get paid really well as a server uh even if, if you're good or bad we're and and yeah and, and you provide good service you'll go back yeah we uh we're i'm horrible at social media but we have you know about a 98 percent return customer base and we're one of the top rated bike shops in 18 months in in australia on google oh, uh, lovely compared to shops that have been around 40 years yeah um you know and that's that's not me trying to do anything that's just me being, being just what I think is normal. Being you, yeah. yeah I'm not yeah. going. I go home and I, I act the same way, and I I, I I consider myself outside of the stress. I'm still myself really lucky. I get to walk to work, well, that's and, right. and I get to I get to help people experience life. Yeah. You know, and and man, what, what better what better way can you go from that? You know, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly right, man. Exactly. Right. As long as you're enjoying your work, you're enjoying life. That's that's all that counts, really. The wife definitely prefer made more money, but. We can't have exactly, exactly. So, um, do you have any nicknames growing up or or, or current, currently? No, no, not really. I think I was I was um, again I was pretty shy and quiet. So you know, probably late in school, I was, I was just known as Pogue. But, yeah, yeah, that was his last name, just Pogue. Um, Canadians don't really nickname people no. as they do down here, <laughs> um, which I still I still yeah. I, sometimes get confused um so not really okay. and then yeah so that was about it but then it's died down besides being allegedly shy what is one thing people might be surprised to find out about you ryan <laughs> oh jeez. um <laughs> you thought you might ask me one of these questions um <laughs> you know i probably yeah probably being shy probably the biggest one um, I think people, just the fact I've been cycling so long and I no longer have paddling arms, I think people probably be surprised uh, of my resume on, on the water um, and, and, you know, the, the coaching and, and things that I've done. I think yeah, I've done okay. some pretty, you know, some pretty epic feats and adventures, um, which is, it's interesting we say about, you know, can't find anything on Google. Because uh, I used to come up prevalently, I guess the search engines down under don't don't find that up there. So so I'd probably say yeah, people are probably really surprised. They see me as a cyclist, yeah, with you know slightly shrinking arms, but with a lot of uh, Polynesian tattoos from based from the the, the paddling in the op open ocean days. So I'd say that'd probably be the biggest one. So coaching was that coaching in in Vancouver, Canada? Everywhere. So I started oh, okay. I started a club. Uh, I used to live in Hawaii for three months of the year coaching. Yeah, so oh, I'd nice. run I'd run programs. People from around the world fly in for a week. And uh, this Canadian would teach him Hawaiian outrigger canoe surfing in Hawaii. Cool. <laughs> um, and we had everything from, you know, world champions coming down across. And I've, I've raced the Queevee Channel and, and you know, I've come placed that in a couple of ends twice. And part of the top Canadian crew is ever finishing and things like that. So, Besides just cycling on your own or with a group or whatever, what else makes Ryan happy? Um. You know, the older my my kids get, the more I love them. Yeah. Um, you know, as you know, like infants and newborns, I struggle. I, to be to be <laughs> honest, I don't know. You know that I do that, but you know, it's just um, like my son. My son's really he's he's found Zwift at seven, and people can say, "Oh, cyclist stories get a son on Zwift." No, he's just seriously. He's just he's super keen, and you know, so six a.m. he's up there before me week oh, after really? week after week to go. You and know. At seven years of age. Yeah, well, turning, yeah, that's it. <laughs> he's, you know, so, you know, he's done the 2XU triathlon series. And I'm like, the only rule I have is that I'm not waking you up for it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll support you, but I, I can't, mo I can't, I can't teach motivation. No. I can support nurturing. And so, so I, I, so I really enjoy, I really enjoy seeing that and, and seeing the, the, them grow. Grow, um, yeah. And, and I think, Probably my youngest kid, he's, as much as his nickname's Bam Bam, very fitting, uh, he's just constantly smiling, and I could have the worst day. And yeah. he is the first to say, I love you, just smiles and stuff. And I think that's, that is 
probably the biggest thing that just that nurturing you get from from your kids. It's mm-hmm. um, something I never wanted or ex- thought I'd experience, um, and I'm I'm still floored how much just a smile from a four year old looking at you, and I'm like, oh God, you're a little mini me, man, and. and I feel bad for him because if he's that cute now and he's, if he's going to grow up looking like me, I'm like, you better work it now. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me tell you that from experience, they grow up pretty quickly. Mate. Yeah. They, so. they grow up very quickly. And one day, the four-year-olds next to teenagers driving cars. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm, so I'm pretty lucky. I've got an amazing, amazing wife that I think's probably kept them alive to the point that I can bond with them a bit more. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So I, I, I think that's, that's probably number one, you know, outside of, uh, the family, I think, is the great because I've got a pretty rich life. You have. The first job you ever had could be selling newspapers, anything except pocket money from your folks, mate. What's the first <laughs> job you ever had? The well, first you're, official you're, job I ever had, I was, uh, I, was a, I was 14 years old. I was a night janitor. A night janitor? Yeah. So 14? Fr- yeah, yeah. So, well, I started fixing cars when I was 13, 14. Well, 13, 14, I started charging people, yeah. which is funny. I was charging them about the same money I'm charging now, like 40 <laughs> years later. Uh, <laughs> um, but that was just a hobby and fixing people's stuff. So yeah, I was a night janitor and then uh, did that for a bit. And then my mom didn't really like the fact that I was pretty young working Friday night to 6 a.m. in the morning and then like 5 a.m. on Sundays. But I had the fastest car in school. I was fixing it, building it. I bought my first condo when I was pretty young because I just had money. And, and cool. so I always worked. So then I was a scrap metal guy. So I'd, I'd go around, I'd strip, I'd strip apart big transformers and equipment for, for guys to take the metal and recycle it. And mm-hmm. so they'd get, you know, piles of cash. And then I'd just get like this bill, one bill. I'm like, no, this isn't right. So then I started, then I've been self-employed ever since, okay. more or less. Yeah. So you said you had the fastest car in school. So mm. In, in Vancouver, um, license at 16? Yeah, same here, yeah, but at the time. Oh, he's 18, Melbourne. Is it, is it 18? In, in Melbourne, oh, 18. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so 16, uh, and you have to have your learners for, at, at that time, it was 30 days. Oh, is that all? Yeah, yeah, so oh, wow. I think my, my, my birthday's on the 23rd of November, so Christmas Eve was, was, was one month and one day, and I had a car that would drive up and down my driveway for <laughs> like four years. So on Christmas Eve, I got my driver's Bang. license, and I think I was on my first car accident like four weeks later. Wrapping it sideways. Oh, no. Now, now it wasn't quite that bad, but there's definitely a few. Uh, All right. So, what was that first car you owned, mate? Uh, it was a 1970 Chevelle. Chevelle. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, it's good old American muscle car. <laughs> Did you have a name for it? I didn't, but a, a girlfriend at the time that I was with, I think she called it Rex because she was big. Big okay. and color. It started off sort of the, that ugly 70s green. That they have, you'd, you'd know that. Bill, yeah, it's your yeah. vintage. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it, then it ended up a different type of, of red over the years. And then, okay, um, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I didn't know of a Chevelle. Uh, so I looked it up last night and it was a pretty cool looking car, man. Yeah, it's, um, you see, it's pretty, pretty, pretty popular in some of the hot rods uh, yeah. in, in the, the class, uh, classic movies. And I think, um, I'm trying to think. Keanu Reeves drives one, I think, uh, in one of his action movies. And okay. Tom, Tom Cruise in whatever his latest series is. Oh, he had oh okay, yes. Yeah, yeah so it's oh, pretty good. Pretty cool car, yeah. So um, which superhero would you like to be and what power would you have? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't know my superheroes very well. No, that's okay. Uh, it's, it's, you it's don't good. have to have one. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I was singing... Yeah, sometimes I'd like to be invisible. I think Wonder Woman had that power, or maybe it's just an invisible plane. That'd be pretty awesome. It'd be um, pretty cool being invisible already. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, but I, I have this bit of mad respect for Batman because he's just stubborn, which I, I relate to maybe a little bit. And he doesn't oh, really. He's resilient, <laughs> and he's he doesn't have any superpower. He's just he's just loaded and driven, and and you know, and I think that's I think there's something <laughs> admirable about that. Why not? Exactly. Maybe I'm just, I love the toys and the cool cars and the motorcycles <laughs> yeah, and cool, all that stuff. Cool, yeah, yeah, he does have cool cars, doesn't he? Yeah. Superman gets to fly, you don't need the toys, but I'd rather the toys. The toys are fun. Yeah, they are fun. It's so important. Can you cook? I can't. Oh, can. well, it depends who you ask. <laughs> I'm my, asking you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my biggest flaw with cooking is my inability to follow rules, so therefore recipes um, get shortened. So, which um, brings me to my next question, mate. You don't follow <laughs> rules. You're a cyclist, so you don't follow the, those silly Velominati rules then? 
<laughs> no, no. So, to be honest, come uh, on. <laughs> no, it's almost they're so wanky. Um, I, well, I'm real. I consider myself not a very smart human. Look, let me say, I hate those Valinati rules. To be quite honest, yeah, so. yeah. It's just, um, I think it's just, I just, you know, thumper. You do treat onto others as they want to do unto you. Yeah. Is now what he told Bambi or something like that. Something like that. I mean, I, I, I have very simple models in life, and I think one is that's that's super simple for me. Um, I don't consider myself super intelligent, so I'm like. Well, honesty is a lot easier than lying because I don't have to try to remember. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you lie, I, you got to remember. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you just treat people well, they're going to treat you well. It's pretty yes, simple. Absolutely. So you can't cook. So what's your signature dish, bud? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, pancakes? No. <laughs> yeah, listen, I do make a pretty good uh, – I'm probably stronger in breakfast. Um it, the, Excuse the, me, most important meal of the day. I it say. is, it is. So I make a pretty mean smashed avo and poached eggs and things like that. I, I, I make that, those frequently. It, it always wins me some brownie points. Kids hate it. The challenge with kids is they don't cook anything with flavor. And and um, my wife's grown up, her parents don't have any flavor, bit of British. It's like, uh. it's pepper, back off. It's not spicy, it's pepper. <laughs> <laughs> so, so over the years, my my cooking has just gotten really boring. I'm like, oh, here's this really... So when I throw things together, I can cook. I, yeah. So for us being vegetarian, you know, our meals are typically just... We just change the seasoning, it's now Mexican night. We change the seasoning, it's now Thai. But we still <laughs> have the same seven veggies in the pot. Uh, yeah. So really, it's a bit boring, but yeah. So I'd say that... Want a bit of breakfast and and uh, I make yeah and desserts too. I, okay, cool. I cycle because I like to. Eat crap. Okay, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what three people dead or alive would you like to uh, invite to your smashed avo and egg breakfasts? Yeah, probably my stepdad. He's yeah. he's no longer with us, but yeah, I miss him. Mm-hmm. Um, my buddy RT in Canada. I miss him as well. Third. Um, You know, to be honest, uh, I should probably I should probably say my mom, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, she'd be fourth. Uh, <laughs> she's never gonna hear this. No, she's not. Uh, <laughs> well, depends where she lives. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and the, the third, um, uh, may it's oh, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. I'd probably uh, I'm not motivated by famous people. I could really care less. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty much the same. Yeah, like it's. Somebody does something cool, um, like, uh, I don't know. Uh, who do I know? Something's pretty cool. Somebody with a good sense of humor. Let's put it that way. Yeah, okay. so, so Somebody that's just witty. witty yeah. Some, you know, a bit of knowledge. Uh, my my wife's cousin, Rick, he's he's a bit witty, but he, he's a great, he's very intelligent, way smarter than I am, but I have really good conversations with him, and yeah. he can talk down to my level. <laughs> so I feel smart talking to him. And, and I, I probably say I really enjoy conversations with him. And, yeah. and since we moved to Australia, away from family and stuff like that, we do we do lack and do miss that. I think, I think we do miss a bit of that. Yeah. Connections True. and things like that. So I'd say those three will probably hit the top top three. What bands? I know you don't like favorites, but what bands <laughs> do you enjoy listening to, or you have enjoyed listening to over, over the years? Yeah. So there's a band, Tragically Hip, in Canada, which is sort of a, a, a Canadian rock icon, rock icon band. And when they come up, they you know music comes up from some well, their their early stuff is all us elderly people. I say, oh, the first generation stuff. Their first stuff is pretty motiv- motivating. Um, it kind of gets a little bit of that ca- yeah. Canadian in you. Um, Collective Soul, any, any kind of that good. It would have been, I guess, nineties alternative rock. Okay. Um, I do love like I through high school and stuff. I really got into Eric Clapton and a bit of that. That yeah. changed me. I, I was actually a rap guy when I was younger. Like really, oh really? Not like super hardcore stuff, maybe because it just wasn't out yet. But listen, I I. I can definitely, when the kids aren't around, pump up a little uh, Two Life Career every once in a while or, or um, straight out of Compton. It's just, it only lasts about 10 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I came over it. But, you know, that, that's a bit of fun. But no, I do I do like a good guitar, like a good beat. I can't stand country music. You can't. Oh, no, I just slip my wrist. I'll chew my part and I'm up. I've got to tell you, I, I, I was never a big fan of country music, but. As I'm getting older, there's certain country music that I, I can tolerate these days. Yeah, the, there's there's the new poppy kind of yeah, 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 there's yeah, a yeah. bit of pop yeah, yeah. pop uh, yeah. pop country. Yeah, um, like you know Ed Sheeran. I don't know where he fits into, but he's good. Oh, you know, some yeah. some of his music is good. Like I enjoy it. Um, I'm pretty good. So yeah, I'd say as long as it's not. Uh, I love Latin music. I mean, my time traveling to South and Central America and stuff. I just 
it's 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 great. It just kind of gets into your soul, makes you dance, and mm-hmm. and uh, makes you move. And there's just something something soulful about about a bit of jazz. So I know one of your bands. You, you mentioned Collective Soul. That would impress one of my friends. He's a big Collective Soul fan. He went over to the Canada and and saw him. I think it was last year or the year before. I can't remember exactly when. But he did say Tragically Hip. Yep. And we're going to play a song from Tragically Hip, and that's. New Orleans is sinking, correct? That's yeah. That's one of the, that's, that's one of the, one of their one hits. Of your, one of yep. your favorites. Yeah. Let's play. I've got to be quite honest. I, I hadn't heard of them, but we'll get back into them shortly. But let's just play. Tragically, hips. New Orleans is sinking. Hello, my name is Océane, I come from Martinia, and you are listening to Radio Carom. <laughs> and that was Tragically Hips, New Orleans is Sinking. It's a pretty cool song, right? Quite like that. Windows down, volume up, baby. That's exactly right. Whoa. Um, like I said, I did a little bit of research last night on this band, because I hadn't heard of them, to be quite honest. Uh, they're a Canadian rock band, uh, formed in 1984, they say. They've released 13 studio albums, one live album, one EP, and over fifty single uh, over fifty singles over a thirty three year career. Pretty cool. Um, nine of their albums have reached number one in Canada. Um, they received numerous Canadian awards, and between nineteen ninety six and two thousand and sixteen, that's twenty year period, that tragically that tragically hip were also the best selling Canadian band in Canada, and they are the fourth best selling Canadian artist overall in Canada. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, they've they never made it anywhere else. Else, no, no, no it's a shame. No, Celine Dion took that record. Justin Bieber, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Who I'd rather have. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, they disbanded after their vocalist Gord Downey died of, on October seventeenth, two thousand and seventeen, with a terminal brain cancer. Yeah, yeah, it's quite sad. As um, mm. yeah, up until that point, um, you know they. They're still selling out stadiums over, even though they hadn't really released a lot of really top music. You know, people still were going in for the the old stuff, but um, yeah, this the quality um, was always there. Just the, the there's a lot of Canadian culture in the in the songs that some of it's a bit too deep for me. Being from the West Coast, we don't really Canada's big. So yeah. being from the West Coast, Central BC or Central Canada is, it has its own difference in the prairies and, and, and the maritime. So they, 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 they crossed the country really well in terms yeah. of, of, well, of creating that. Looking at that record, you know, like you, I mean, what I say, 50 singles? 50 singles, 50 yeah. singles, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Number, one, number one singles in Canada. Yeah. That's a big effort. Yeah, yeah. That's a big effort. doesn't matter, you know, what country it is. That's a bloody big effort. Um, just moving right along. What's been your? And I know you don't have favourites, but <laughs> oh, how can we? Pre- okay, no, I'm just going to call it a favourite. What's been your favourite holiday holiday destination to date, mate? Um, I'd probably say um, I'd probably say when I went travelling through France last time, because mm-hmm. um, we had Liam, who was just. 18 months because okay. he's free to fly. Um, and so, so, so Christine and I were there with Liam and, and it was my first real time to Europe. Um, and I think traveling when you're a bit older is, it's just better, you know? Yeah. I, I like it. Like we still, still a bit of a budget. Um, but I, I got to cycle around. I was doing some racing in, in, in France. So we got to cycle and, and just see these new things for, with my wife for the first time. And then, um, and my wife's such a trooper. Like the things that I drag her out to, she's um, it, the fact. I don't know. She puts up with me, but um, <laughs> I, I digress slightly there. But yeah, just that experience. I'd say that that time to France and some buddies from Canada, and one of the friends from here met me met met us, met us there, and then we, we ended up some time in Spain and Girona, which just blew my mind. Which was actually the the, the catalyst to to creating velotherapy okay. was, was that trip down there. So okay. it was a pre- pretty amazing part of the world. And, and just, you know, it's a spot where road users and cyclists actually can't get along. <laughs> Not here in Melbourne. No, no I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but you're right. Like you appreciate traveling as you get older. You know, when you're younger, you, you, tra- okay, you travel, but you're partying and you don't remember things. Mm. When, you, when you, when you get older and you're traveling, you're viewing things with a, 
a lot more clearly. Um, you're enjoying things a lot more, you know, a lot better, and um, you know, it just you absorb it a lot more so than what you do when you were younger. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you yeah. just you, you see things differently. So you mentioned Girona, that's in Spain, yeah. Correct. Yeah, I've never been there, but I'm headed that way in a couple of months. So I'm going to make sure it's on my way to. It's on the way to Valencia, correct? Yeah, well, it can be, depending on where you go. Well, I'll make sure I go that way. <laughs> it's just outside Barcelona. Uh, okay, yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, no, I'll, we'll get there. Definitely have a look at it. Um, do you have a bucket list destination? I, I, I wanted to see as many countries for years as I am of age. That was a goal of mine, but I didn't start traveling until I was in my 20s. So, and when you live in Canada and Australia, um, really big countries and it's yeah. really hard to get across so there's the, there was a point where, where i'm like I'm, I'm halfway there uh and then i just kept getting years older um so but i think for me the next my next big bucket list item is i'm, I'm really dying to go to to switzerland or belgium okay. i think i think are are um next on the bucket list but we keep getting drawn back to canada so my my funds and time keep getting drawn back home i guess it's hard when you know you got family in, in canada you, you know you, you need to visit them i guess as well so, and, that, yeah. and, that, and, look, yeah, so. and unfortunately we're li- living in australia it's a lot harder to get anywhere it else <laughs> it does suck sometimes. and it's the the, the cost of Traveling, yeah. Oh. Well, it, it takes you eight hours to fly out of Australia. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> and that, then it's one thing with two kids now, and then you, they, don't, they don't fit in your lap anymore. That's like, no. That's four, four thousand dollar flights. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah. Gets up there. It's a killer. Um, all right. Is there one place you would like to retire to if money wasn't an object, mate? Where would you like to retire? You know, this sounds really bad, but I, but I do consider myself really lucky to have seen a fair chunk of the world and a fair people of the world. If I if I could live in Melbourne, November, <laughs> October, October through till April or May, and then back in Vancouver, because um, Vancouver is one of the most expensive places in the world, so you need a lot of money, and then spend summers and just constantly avoid winter, mate. That would be that would be absolutely right. for, for me when when it, when in the life lottery. That's my absolute. I'm 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 with you there. Uh, not Vancouver for me, but yeah, yeah, but yeah. I spent half my time in Melbourne during the summers, and the other half somewhere else. Do they call that snowboarding down here? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Is there a series or movie that you can recommend to our listeners, mate? I don't watch heaps of TV. I'm I'm, I'm bad. I'm bad for this kind of stuff because so, my pop culture is pretty pretty off. Yeah. So hence you, you know you don't watch a lot of TV. Hence your uh, your busy outdoor lifestyle, mate. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> yeah. Um, or when it's on, it's be, I'm two thirds asleep or or trying to watch the GCN highlights while there's a show on. Um, but but I I can be easily addicted to screen. So if it's on, like it, it's bad because if if I watch it, I just zone out and like three hours later, I'm just I'm just a wreck. Um, but we've yeah, we really got enjoyed the the Lucifer show because it's a bit bit quirky, it's a bit fun. Um, yeah, I'm starting to watch that Lucifer show. Yeah, that was alright. We just you know kind of went through Night Agent, and that was that's just a bit American. So I'm it's it, it is tough because I'm I'm kind of over the I'm, my wife's into Bridgeton some old, yeah, I've, yeah yeah I've heard yeah, of Bridgeton, I, can, yeah. I, no, I can't get into that. No, either, too my worry. too it's my okay. apart. Like it's just it's it's no. um but I'm kind of over all the 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 U.S. action president saves the world kind of crap yeah. like so i i find up i find i really struggled like in that korean squid game that was all the rage okay yeah. that was absolutely mortifyingly refreshing yeah um and now the gory side of it sometimes i, I didn't really enjoy not the gore but just the the point of that i kind of lost it but i just appreciated the fact that it was so different yeah um and so i think i'm still looking for something to really motivate me so we're we read, um, my son's a big reader, uh, Liam, um, and so we're reading Harry Potter together. Okay, and so nice. we're, we're already into the fourth book and fifth book, and so there's always fights between my wife and I who gets to read him stories <laughs> or another very hungry caterpillar. So <laughs> so, 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 so I think those kind of shows are, they're just classics and they're okay. timeless. I do own two movies, though. You own two movies? Yeah, I've only purchased two movies oh, okay, in my yes, entire so. life, and that was the Oracle Green Edge uh, documentary. Yes. That was there's something again, quirkily fun, Aussie about that, which yeah. I, again, I, 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 I really liked and, um, Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah. 
one? Of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The number two is too new to, to have to own. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, I did I did try and get Maverick as a second name for my kids, but it was... It didn't was, didn't it, get through? That was vetoed, yeah. No, <laughs> me and naming don't go well. <laughs> um, all right. So do you have a movie that... Oh, I, I hate using this word with you, our favourite, yeah. an all-time movie <laughs> that you, you, know, you always go to, besides Top Gun and... Uh, the... Um, I, 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 I don't. Um, okay. but, but but I would I would say this. So I, I the movie I've watched the most was when growing up we had like one movie in the house and my house was almost closer to the automotive shop than my locker was to the automotive shop. So I literally walked across the street, jumped the fence, as in home. I watched Aladdin. Aladdin. Probably about 8,000 times. <laughs> um, so you, you know, know word for word. Pretty, pretty much. Um, and then, uh, so that was that. But I, I really enjoyed, um, I get, I, to be honest, those Harry Potter movies are a bit fun. Yeah. They're, they're mindless, safe, and that's what you want. Entertaining yeah. without really thinking it. I, I could be deeper and say, I guess something really moved me. Um, mm. But, you know, to be honest, I, I, I get, I love documentaries. Yeah, um, yeah. But don't ask me the name of one. I, I don't know the name of bands very well. I don't, I don't I, I'm, I'm horrible oh, with, with that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Um, is there anything you're currently watching? You mentioned. No, because my wife's been watching. Well, yeah, the, the Giro. Yeah, the Giro. That's yeah. been consuming me, yeah. and the time zone sucks. I, I, I have my aftershocks earphones. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna lay down, and I'm just, it's just playing. I wake up, my battery's dead. I got a, <laughs> I got a, you know, button in my ear from leaning on the headset. Yeah, I know that. Um, yeah, no. So that pretty much, I'm out for summer cycling season. It's just watching highlights, and and uh, nice. I, I like to say it's research for the business. Yeah, of course, um, it is. And I, I do think watching cycling is a bit like watching golf. Like, how do people watch golf? And I'm going, I'm watching cycling. This is boring. How I must the admit, heck am I doing it? I struggle to watch a cycling event, to be quite honest. Yeah. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll watch the highlights, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the whole event is like, it's, it's, it's I'm, like out, golf. I'm out. Yeah. It's like, the 45 minute highlights is like, okay, I'm in. I can, yeah, I can handle that it's one. It's like motor racing. I can't watch no. a motor racing either, to be quite honest. I'm no. sorry. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, what if anything scares Ryan? Um, I, I, th- it, uh, getting without getting too deep. I think the th- the biggest thing that f- that that I'm scared of is I never wanted kids. I never thought I'd be good enough to be a dad, and and I didn't know what it was like. And so I think failing on them, yeah. you know, and and so in the challenges of self employment or work and and those challenges, I think that's those it's a really hard battle um you know we, you know with the current economy and a lot of retailers struggling and and you know bike shops closing all over and it's it's tough um and it's hard to not look in the mirror and think i'm failing so i think f- for that 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 is that um that's probably my number one thing is i i i i'd hope my fear of any action i take impacts anyone negatively i think that's probably my biggest fear um and um settling i which to a fault. I, um, I, I never want a simple, yeah. like, uh, like I just, I, I see these wonderfully happy, content people. And I used to think they've settled. I'm like, no, they're just happy. happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm the idiot here. What ch- chasing, you know, chasing the wind. Um, but I've had an amazing life and I'm amazing people in it because yeah. of my fear to settle. So, so what, what fears me is a motivator, so there's positive and negatives with everything, but yeah, that's about it. But I guess- yeah. I had some, There's been some monstrous waves that have absolutely scared the bejesus out of me in the middle oh, of the ocean, yeah. and whales. Whale scare I've almost been killed by whales. Oh, they, really? Everyone thinks they're so cute, but right up close, they stink, <laughs> and when the calves are around, they try and hit you. It's scary. Yeah, yeah I can hear. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure about those monster waves. So, um, yeah, I, I understand you know, your comment about failing as a dad is scary, but mate- all I can say is you can only do your best, yeah. and hopefully they learn as they get older. And look, to be quite honest, um, me being an only child, what got me through is my friends. Yep. They play a big part in your life. Friends play because you spend most of your times with your friends growing up, more so than your parents. To me, home was to eat and sleep. To be yeah, quite that's honest, true. and yeah, you know, and if you got good friends, 
you'll have a good life. I believe they, they keep you in the straight and narrow. If you, you know. Uh, absolutely, I think that goes back to my simple rule of thumper. You know, treat other people well and just be easygoing, and 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 exactly. other people can treat you well. And and mm-hmm. you're right. And listen, I don't really think I'm a. I I, I sometimes I, I'm I'm pretty proud of my boys, and sometimes I do have to look in the mirror and go, oh, it's not so bad. I do definitely think my wife's kept them alive a lot yeah. of the times and the youngest definitely has to be the cutest because as I'm just about to want to strangle them it's like I'm like oh you're too cute <laughs> to strangle <laughs> um, and so no I think I think I've done well I, I, and I think the no, fact I, that the uh, anyone that that has a fear of not being good enough uh, well sometimes it can be it, it's it, it, it can make some people be dark go the wrong way but for me it's been it's been a motivator I, I try and be positively motivated people mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes you can be negatively motivated but um, I'm I, I'm kind of proud of what I do, and 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 um, and that the challenges of of doing that, and and the fact that I want to be better. I think the fact that anyone in their life that wants to be better at something, I think that's the first step into being better, right? Yeah. yeah so, exactly. so this, so that but, was it. And like I say, I don't know you that well. I know you through the bike shop, and my dealings with you, you've treated me as an equal, and. Um, and I keep coming back, and I, and, I, and I like your bike shop. And I like the way it's, it's set out, and how, how you look after your customers, um, and and you. and you know you get a good service there, and that's that's just you in general, mate. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah, I, I'm I'm the same yeah. regardless of where I go. Yeah, there's cool. no real no real change. Um, and finally, mate, what is the one thing in the world that you would like to see happen, which would make you happy before you leave this planet? <sighs> Stop using plastic. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, I think um, yeah as as I'm as I'm you know coming up to fifty um, and, and having young kids I think any parent with young kids the whole you know we're leaving the land to our children or we're borrowing the land from our children I honestly feel that and after some recent traveling and stuff I just you know I've I've seen beautiful parts in the world and I'm just dodging garbage yeah and, and I think I think everybody. It, Every human in this planet has the ability to, to change a little bit. Some simple actions that just through laziness, I think we're we are destroying our beautiful planet yeah. at, at a rate. And and yeah, greenhouse gases and emissions. I'm mean, that's too deep science for me. But the plastic bottle on the ground, oh, the yeah. garbage floating in the ocean. To me, that's not rocket science. No, no, that's no. my level of we can exactly fix this. Right, yeah. bullshit. Um, yeah. you know, we can we can choose other options, and we can we don't have to buy packaged and packaging. And and so I think that's one of my one of my uh, products we carry in the bike shop. One of the first things. When a supplier comes to sell to me is ask what's your packaging so we've changed suppliers if they don't use recyclable packaging okay cool. so we have a really big environmental footprint yeah, and try to be as much as i can because if i can't make the change at my level then the consumer's not going to change no, it exactly so right, yeah. so so that's big that's big for us i think i just i just want to see a cleaner world for my kids yeah you got to lead the way yeah, ex- yeah exactly. exactly we can't yeah. You, yeah so all right mate sorry i lied one more this could make or break you, buddy. Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh, Since moving here, have you acquired a taste of our local game of Aussie rules? And if so, who do you follow, brother? Uh, this so, could make or break you. Oh, uh, mate. So, okay. So, <laughs> first dinner, landed here, you know, meet the team. And people are like, who do you barrack for? Who Exactly. And I'm like... <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Barrack. I should know that word. I'm like, I, but it just, it's not a word that we use. And I'm like, oh, I'm agnostic. Um, and so I said, here's the deal. The first person to take me to a game, a footy game, all, is who I'll support. So one, one of, one of who became a really good guy, is a great mechanic. He's like, um, I, I hired him. Um, he took me to a uh, Hawks game. So now we're Hawks fans. Um, uh, Ron, this could be the end of us. Uh, end of the conversation. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, so that was it. But I do love the game. Like I find, yeah. I do have some parallels to to. I'm going to say hockey. Yeah. Not field hockey. No, no, no. I know that's going to cause some conflict here because it's ice hockey. Ice hockey no, know. it's not. It's hockey and the fieldy thing. Yeah. Um, we use both sides of the sticks. You know, you can cross check. Um, and so it's just that that constant movement to play. Mm. The fact little guys like me have a role in it. If you're yeah. athletic, the athleticism is fantastic. Um, yeah. So so I really love the game, and I think it's. Oh. But the the sad part is. Like hockey, I need to get an Aussie dad to teach my kid because I'm like, how do you kick this thing? <laughs> right? Like, so it's, uh, I pick it up and I, th- I throw it to him like a footy, like a regular, like a normal football. <laughs> where ch- I'm like, and, and this trying to throw a cricket ball. I'm like this weird hand thing. I'm like, I'm just getting a glove. I'm out. <laughs> so, so yeah. So there's definitely some things I need to, you know, we pick up on there. Oh, but the kids no, can but, learn from school. I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that. he is. He's yeah. trust me. Every time I get out, he's telling me everything so, I'm doing wrong. So is he a Hawthorne? as well he is but my but um 
he is. He's definitely Hawthorne. I'm like, you don't have to be my youngest kind of is because he gets the hand-me-down Hawthorne clothing. Exactly. The um, but, but, but I think he's jumping onto other teams that have cooler colors. Like, so I, th- I'm, I'm not sure where it is. My, my youngest doesn't like me, doesn't have favorites. So, his, so, so his favorite color changes uh, frequently, um, and which I love. I really respect that. Yeah. And so I think his team changes based on his favorite color. Okay. Carly has, What's his favorite color? Red and, <laughs> say red and blue, and you'll win the over. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, I think I think right now his favorite footy team is the Bulldogs, and that's okay. because the uh, I think the one of the teachers at Halebury is a big doggies fan. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's so, fair enough. So those teachers are pretty influential. Yeah, like yeah. I said, teachers, friends—they're all influential. That's more so it. than parents sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Ryan. Despite your love for the Hawthorne Footy Club, it's been an absolute pleasure for you <laughs> being on board, mate. Much appreciated. Now, where can our listeners find you to purchase a bike for themselves or for their kids or get some service done or maintenance done on their bikes? Where can they find you, Ryan? Uh, we're just, yeah, just down in Seaford off of, uh, on Wells, 36 Wells Road. Um, or just, yeah, find us online at uh, velotherapy.com.au. And- we'll put that in the bio when we post the show, mate, okay? All right. All right, folks, that was Ryan from Velotherapy. So don't forget, make sure you like uh, Radio Caram on Facebook or Insta and keep an eye out for your favourite shows that, uh, and when they're broadcasting. Check out our website, radiocaram.org, for more info about other shows on the station. But make sure you listen to Triple B Socials, nothing, everything else as well, but Triple B Socials first and foremost. So this is Triple B Socials saying thank you once again and listening and hope you enjoyed this week's show. Real people, Real stories. Hope you hope to speak to you real soon, um, and I'm hoping you're having the time of your life. It's something unpredictable, but in the end, it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. Something unpredictable But in the end is right I hope you have the time of your life